Hello, and welcome to Live a Little, our crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. I'm Pete Pratica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. He's Greg Graber, educator and mindfulness coach. We are with you for episode nine. And uh, before we start, we are drinking a Zip and Pippin. Good stuff. Good stuff. I like mindfulness guru. You called me guru. I, see, you know, and I didn't go with guru because I thought maybe that that sounded, I don't know, a little condescending or hip or whatever. So, so guru, you, guru is what we're going to go with. I like it. You like guru? Okay, go good, good. Um, what's happening? Uh, most importantly, uh, we were just at Bog and Barley and... Uh, all right, Graver. Alert the media. Alert the media. actually <laughs> took me to Bog and Barley. I've been and, and, talking about it for episodes. And, and alert the media, you paid. So thank, yeah, I mean, thank, I thank felt, you for lunch. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, all right. So your uh, your evaluation of Bog and Barley. Unbelievable. I mean, you described it to me just, just when you walk in the physical aesthetics of it. It's calling it an Irish pub is uh, insulting. I think it's more of an emporium. Yeah, really, really, really is. The food is amazing. Food was great. Scotch eggs. We maintained our, I mean, we did a good job of not overeating or being hogs, don't mm-hmm. you think? We Absolutely, because we did not get to dessert. I've never gotten to dessert at Bog and Barley yet, but um, I had the crab cakes for a second time, and they were outstanding. You had you had salmon. The salmon. The scotch egg that we split for an appetizer was really good, a little bit of pork in it, and the... Uh, Duck fat fries, mm-hmm. or is they called chips? Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, so when we talk about that's what's happening, that's that's number one on the list. We'll have some recommendations. Also, we will air grievances, and we're going to add a new segment to our podcast: adventures in air travel, because <laughs> we are now both traveling for the basketball season, and then we'll uh, preview what's uh, what's coming up. Um, tell me what's 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 going on with you, Mr. Gray. A lot of stuff. Good stuff, bad stuff. I'll do the bad stuff first. Uh, we buried my aunt, Phyllis Kaplan, beautiful lady, uh, really strong in the Memphis community with her charitable efforts uh, over the decades, an outstanding businesswoman, just a, a great person, and also an old Montvert Academy boarding school roommate. You may remember Tank mm-hmm. from the American Gladiators, Ed mm-hmm. Radcliffe, good friend of mine, unfortunately passed away. Um, Shift to the good stuff. So we have a new contract on the house. Okay, hopefully this one will will go through. I Correct me if I've already told you this, because it's been a little while since we've spoken. So remember the crazy lady who backed out of the contract? Right, right. Who had done that. Who hopefully is not listening to this podcast. I hope she is. Um, <laughs> we had an open house with our new realtor. She showed up with a tape measure. I didn't tell you about that. Wait, wait, either. the new realtor or the crazy lady that... that she showed up him? at the open house which was facilitated by my new realtor. Mm-hmm. And she told us about this lady, and we looked into it, and it was her. So we had to call her realtor and say, don't let her come back in our house, please. People are nuts. <laughs> Apparently. Wow. Um, so there you go. But we have a new contract on it, so fingers are crossed. The housing saga continues. That would, that would be good. That would be good. Well, in my world, I just I realized, you know, I woke up at Saturday morning. I was like, doggone, I'm, I'm really tired this morning. Why, why would that be? Well, Three preseason NBA telecasts, and then Memphis 901 FC last night, which was a match that, oh, it was way not good. Um, they're like, okay, yeah, four games in like six days. Yeah, I could, I could see why I might be a little tired. When I said, when you walked up, I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? How are you doing? I was like, happy to see you. You were like, <laughs> I could tell there was this funk yeah. shrouding you. Well, you know, there's, there's funk for, for different reasons. I'll get to that in a second. 
the Atlanta game on Thursday night was just it was a, it was a disaster. Anybody who thinks that live television is glamorous, yeah, good luck with that. I get uh, a text from our producer uh, around noon. Uh, the audio board in the truck died. These are not small audio boards. This is, you know, we got like five channels on, on this little thing. Audio board for a television production, it's 20, 30 channels. The board just died. It just flat out died. They had to physically take it out of the truck, remove it. Somehow they were able to find a replacement audio board in Atlanta on a Thursday afternoon. Got it reinstalled at 4 o'clock for a 7.30 tip. Happy ending to the story? Not really. At one point in the game, each of the three microphones failed. So we have got, you know, the way, where you set up what's called the booth, whether you know, you're in a booth or at a, at a broadcast table, there's play-by-play, color, spare. At one point, all of them went out at a different point. And so Brevin and I are like handing headsets back and forth to each other, trying to find one that works while we are on the air. And it was just... Uh, Old microphones? No, no, it wasn't the microphones, really. It was uh, the audio board was integrated, but it was not fully tested. And so that helps. We would be, well, there wasn't time. Yeah. You know, and so you'd be, uh, we were going to, uh, we're going to the terminal break after the final horn. And I say, final score Atlanta Hawks 103, Grizzlies 10. And then you just hear like static in your ears. And then it goes dead. And the producer's screaming at me, hey, with 15 seconds of break, 15 seconds of break. And like, I don't have a working microphone. Uh, it was it was it was one of those nights. Um, the good part about Atlanta, and for those of you who are Grizzlies fans, and I hope most of you, if not all of you, are, understand what a good guy Taylor Jenkins is. Taylor Jenkins has, as a tradition now, taken the broadcast crew out to dinner, and it's not just the announcers. Our producer, our director, our graphics guy, our replay guy, all of us are invited. And it's not just Taylor, but it's Taylor and the entire coaching staff. What a good guy. Great guy, and not just because he paid, but... Uh, you get to share stories, some things that we can share on the air, other things that, that we can't, just telling stories about our time in the NBA. Um, and Taylor, at the start of dinner, you know, bangs the, the, the spoon on the glass to get everybody's attention and tells everybody there how much he appreciates the contributions of the team broadcasters. I've been in this business in the NBA. This is year 31 for me. There's never been a coach like Taylor Jenkins that would ever do anything like that. And so that's 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 the real, real positive. Unlike other teams, supposedly I've heard legends where you can't look at players. Oh in yeah, yeah. There 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 were there were some teams where they would feed the, the team on the charter flight and if you were part of the broadcasters, you got nothing. Gee, that's harsh. Yeah, it's it's yeah. And it's it's way harsh. We are treated very, very well. And it's 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 part of who Taylor Jenkins is. He's like, look, if you want to get the best out of people, you have to show people that you care about them. And that, that's really the most important thing. The reason why I just kind of, kind of funky, not only tired, but we talked, about a little, we talked about this a little bit over lunch, and that is in today's discourse, and I don't care if it's political discourse, sports discourse, news, whatever, there's no room for nuance with anything. And there's no conversation 
there's no gray area. Everything is black or white. And my opinion is 100% right. And your opinion is 100% wrong. And there's no, no empathy. There's no attempt to understand the other person, where they're coming from, why they there's feel no, this way. There, you're right. There's no objective pursuit of the truth. It's I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm going to dox you if you disagree. Exactly, exactly. You know, and I'm, I'm dealing with this in, in part of my extended family where I've got a husband and wife that are at odds with each other, and I'm trying to be supportive of both, friendly to both, to understand where they are both coming from, and both of them are trying to set me up against the other, which is just, it, it just absolutely, absolutely makes me crazy. And you know, you, you talked about the whole the whole doxing thing, and and you know, you're Jewish. Obviously, the what's going on in Palestine in Israel right now is just is just horrible. A group of Harvard students put out a statement that they were supporting Palestine. Okay, Palestine is not Hamas. Hamas is a no. terrorist organization. In, in the mere timing of that, can you make a statement supporting them when Israeli kids aren't being beheaded? Right. That would be a good thing. Uh, talk that, about yeah. tone deaf. Yeah. Now, so they, they made their statement, but then the other side says, we're not only going to disagree with you, which would be understandable, we are going to publish your names and dox you. It's like, look, if, if you have a difference of opinion, that's one thing. But then to take it to this level where it's, I not only disagree with you, but I want to hurt you. Yeah, for disagreeing with it's me. It's ridiculous. And, and that's, that's something that is going on in today's society in so many ways, in so many shapes, in so many forms. Was and, that airing of grievances or you just kind of, we went in from what's going on to just... You're, oh, I got more grievances, just a, buddy. A bitter, I got, bitter, I, we well, haven't even started the grievances yet. No, but, though, right? but, but see, that, but, but, but you know, you asked me like, well, you know, why do you look so, so hangdog, you know, walking into Boston? I wouldn't even say hangdog. You were just, just salty, just like, <laughs> ah. Get off my lawn, Graber. And I, and I, and my back is also killing me. That's that's another story. No, I, I I could have put it under grievances, but the fact of the matter is, I, I'm thinking about it now because of where our political discourse or lack thereof is, and so that's why I put it under under what's happening. I'm going to delve into some of that stuff when we get into airing of grievances too. I think you you've laid a nice foundation for it. I'd like to drill a little deeper. All right, cool. Um, all right, recommendations outside of Bog and Barley, because I think we can both uh, heartily recommend uh, Bog and Barley Unbelievable. as a fantasy. I mean, you, you feel like you're in another city. Not that you necessarily want to be in another city if you're in Memphis, but uh, I, I feel like I'm the last person in this town who hasn't been there. It's not your traditional or typical Irish pub, again, by any means. It's beautiful. The aesthetic of it, uh, the wait staff is really good and attentive, and the food is uh, top-notch. You can still get sort of the... Traditional pub fare there, but also some upscale, some fancy stuff, some, some fancy, good, fancy stuff like good stuff. Duck, duck fat chips. I, I've got two recommendations, mm -hmm. um, and I need to, I need to start reading again. I haven't been reading like I should, like I usually do. I think it typically coincides with traveling, so I look forward to sort of hitting the friendly skies at least, so I can read a little bit more. One of them is the Beckham docu-series on Netflix okay. about David Beckham. Mm -hmm. Really well done. It's a four-part uh, docu-series. I watched it in two nights. I never really appreciated him too much as a, as a soccer player. Um, I saw him as being kind of one-dimensional, mm -hmm. like being able to hit the, the free kicks or 
Um, but you really get to see him in a multi-dimensional way, not just as a soccer player, but as a human being too. It's really cool, especially uh, not to give too much of it away, when he went from Manchester United to Real Madrid back when they had the, I think they called them the Galacticos. They had like Zidane and Roberto Carlos, and it was basically like the dream team of soccer and his acclimation and sort of uh, transition into that and how he dealt with it in Spain. Outstanding. Some good uh, posh. <laughs> posh spice stories. Yeah. So, um, and then the other thing that I highly recommend, which is interesting, I've seen mixed reviews on it, is the new startup of Frasier or the new remake of Frasier. Right, right. On Paramount He's gone Plus. gone back to Boston. Yeah. So he left Seattle. You know, he was a successful uh, radio psychologist. I think he even got a TV show there. And without giving it away, uh, he goes back to Harvard to be a professor, and he ends up living with his son, Frederick. A lot of people are comparing it to the old one. You can't really do that. No, because it was like 20, never... 20 years in yeah. between or something. But it's funny. Even the old Frasers, I don't know if you ever watch them on rerun, They've aged well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a sophisticated show, like The Lines. Um, what Holly was telling me, because she's a huge Frasier fan and Cheers fan, she has been forever. Frasier, did you know, is the longest-running character on sitcom TV. I did not know that, but given that it spans but, two series, but, I but could, the, would it, get that. And he was on uh, Wings as well. Do you remember that? I remember Wings, but I don't remember it, him being on yeah, Wings. Yeah, just as, as like a guest appearances. But, uh, so he goes way back. So no, I, I highly recommend it. Do yourself a favor and watch it and try not to compare it to the original. Uh, nothing is ever as good as the original, but uh, it was really fun. Yeah. So. David Hyde Pierce character, Miles, is, is not in the reboot, correct? No, unfortunately not. Unfortunately. His son is, though, and he's a chip off the old block. Oh, okay, so, so I, I, need, I need to check that out. I've, I've got one recommendation to prove that I'm not entirely salty today. I'm reading right now, and I'm only a few chapters in, and I love it. Are you a Mel Brooks guy? I am. Love Mel Brooks. Okay. Hard not to. The, uh, his autobiography is now in paperback, All About Me. How old is he now? 90-ish. Uh, wow. And um, book's, book's really good. Explains. I did not realize Mel Brooks was in the Army in World War II. And uh, talks about that. Talks about growing up in New York. Talks about going over to his friend's house. Um, Mel Brooks aspired to be a drummer. And one of his childhood friends happens to be the son of Buddy Rich. Wow. The, the great yeah. drummer. So there, there's that. I had, had a, a sidebar to the whole Mel Brooks conversation. A few years ago, he was in Nashville um, at, I think, Tennessee Performing Arts Center. And they screened Blazing Saddles. And they screened it. He was there. And then he took questions for like half an hour after the screening. And it was, it was absolutely hilarious because I, if I'm remembering the story correctly, there was some guy who was an accountant who, was be, who somehow knew Mel Brooks and was begging to be in the writer's room for a Mel Brooks movie. And he was in the writer's room for Blazing Saddles. And so this guy had maintained contact, obviously, with Mel Brooks and said, would you please come to Nashville, screen it, and can we have this conversation? And he was, you know, not, I mean, he wasn't 90 at the time, he's late 80s. But sharp, funny, told great stories about the first guy that they hired, I guess, is the Cisco kid showed up drunk <laughs> on set the first day. So Gene Wilder uh, ended up stepping in. And then that actually, that the production of that movie 
begat Young Frankenstein because Gene Wilder had the idea, pitched it to Mel Brooks, and they would shoot Blazing Saddles during the day, and then they would work on writing the script for Young Frankenstein at night. And, wow. And Young Frankenstein, one of, one of my all-time, all-time favorite movies. Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman, yes. It's Igor. Uh, so yeah, it, it's 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 fun. There's going to be a chapter I know on Blazing Saddles, which today they could never ever have released that movie. So politically incorrect. So politically so incorrect. Uh, yeah, Richard, you forget Richard Pryor was in the writers' room That's right. on that. Wow. You know, and uh, yeah, a lot of stories about. Hey, Richard, can we put this in the script? And Richard Pryor would go like, Yeah, why not? You know, and and and, and Mel Brooks did tell the story that. They finished the film, delivered it to the studio, and the studio says, we can't show this. This is the 70s, right? And he's like, we can't show this. This is, no, there's no way we can show it. And Mel Brooks said, please, put it in two or three theaters in Los Angeles over a weekend, get some audiences in, and see what they say. And the audiences just howled themselves silly with laughter, and the studio had no choice but to release the movie. Again, extremely politically incorrect, but it's Mel Brooks. It's funny. All About Me is the book, and I'm enjoying it so far and looking forward to getting even deeper into it now that uh, I'm going to actually have like a week without a Grizzlies game because the last two uh, Grizzlies games in the preseason are not going to be, we are not televising. We'll carry them in Memphis, but we'll take the other team's feed. So I actually have like a week at home before the season starts, so I'll get some time to catch up on my reading. Very cool. So how about how about grievances? You've got grievances. I've got grievances. Just kind of picking up on what you were talking about with the whole situation in the Middle East. I find it really interesting that a lot of people who have no context of the history or the situation um, bring these perspectives or just, I don't know, it seems like we live in a society that wants to emote without knowing the facts. And... And a lot of people are equating Hamas with Palestine. It's two different things. Hamas is a terrorist organization who are hell-bent on not only the destruction of Jews, but also the destruction of sort of our Western lifestyle. And Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. It's the only place where women are treated equally. Gay people can have rights. Um... People have been trying to kill Jews since the beginning of time. And Hamas will look for any excuse. What was disappointing is, like you were saying, a lot of the college kids jumping on the bandwagon, not knowing what they're talking about. I saw a couple of BLM, Black Lives Matter accounts. It went viral, one from Chicago. I think one may have been from Florida. And they said, we support Palestine, which is fine. But then they had a graphic of someone paragliding into the concert, you know, where they killed the innocent uh, concert goers. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you really? Um, It's just really kind of hard to stomach. And, you know, you're talking about people sometimes having lack of nuance, you know, without a doubt. You can still, you can be against what you define as apartheid or oppression towards the Palestinians and still be against terrorism, against Jewish people or innocent people or whatever. I think people, for whatever reason, tend to think they have to be on one side or the other, lacking total sort of nuance. 
And most informed people who have a sense of history or follow current events know that Iran is probably behind it, and it wouldn't be too far-fetched to say that Russia is behind it as well. Probably, probably not. And the problem is that so much of our news today comes via Twitter or X, where the sources are unverified. Somebody has a blue check because they paid $8 a month for it, not because they really know what they're talking about. And it's really, I don't want to say the death of journalism, but I think that we have all gotten so far away from delving for what is the truth. And we're just trying to present, well, both sides, well, sometimes both sides aren't, they're not entirely equal. I mean, there there is good and evil in this world. And if you try to report evil and balance it with good, it's like, yeah, they're evil, but... Uh, it's it's it, it really it's really hard and I yeah you don't have to love Netanyahu there are a lot of things about him that a lot of people who support Israel don't like you don't have to be a hardliner on the on you know or anti-Palestinian by any means um, you can it, it's sort of that uh, this cognitive ability to hold two contrasting views together and say well both of them kind of can make sense at the same time. Right, right. You know? Things are not mutually exclusive. And Cognitive I think, dissonance, Pete. That's right. what I was thinking of. Yeah, I, I, I just think that we've, we've gotten to a point now where it's black or white. And I will, I will tell you, through my years of living, the Crayola box has an awful lot of gray in it mm -hmm. and a lot of shades of gray. And you can't just say, this is right. I mean, I mean, there are, there are times when, yes, there's absolute right, absolute wrong. Yes, murdering people is wrong. Uh, we get that. Stealing is wrong. There are some things that absolutely positively are wrong. But when you look at the issues behind all of these things, that's where you really have to delve into it. You have to look at, at the nuance. You have to look at the origins. And you may not agree with somebody, but if you can at least understand their viewpoint and respect their viewpoint. But what we have now at least in my view in our society, is that there is not a respect of other people's viewpoints if you disagree with them. If you disagree with them, they are wrong, they are to be persecuted, they are to be hurt, they are to be harmed, and that's that's not really what, what this is all about. So, oh, Without a doubt. I think, unfortunately, you know, from a mindfulness perspective, we don't listen to hear, we listen to respond or argue is kind of what it is, you know, so yeah. it's unfortunate. Uh, grievances, uh, I'm going to get back on the soapbox about insurance companies and trying to deal with independent insurance companies, particularly here in Memphis. Uh, those of you who know me or if you've listened to previous episodes of the show, you know that a water heater break while I was on the road had about $20,000 worth of, of water damage that I claimed through insurance. And the company that I was with did such a poor job uh, handling the claim, I wanted to find somebody else. I have now gone through four different independent insurance agents trying to get the house insured. And to give you one example, uh, one of them said, yeah, we're going to, we, we think this is a really good rate with insurance firm A. And, um, but there were some questions I had about the policy and the quote. And uh, the person I was working with said, well, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to Italy, but as soon as I land, I'm going to take a look at this, and I've got my team back in Memphis. They're going to look at it, and we'll get back to you with some answers. That was three weeks ago. There was another firm where they said, yeah, we really think that this particular firm would be good for you. The rates are really good, but you know what? We went back to them. They looked up. They said, you had a loss, a water loss. Uh, we won't insure you. 
despite the fact that the water heater is brand new now and everything has been fixed, insurance companies, you had a loss, we're not going to insure you. And I said, well, you look, you represent like 12 different companies. Can you just quote with some other companies other than this one and see if somebody would be willing to write? That's been two weeks. Haven't heard from them. Look, if you don't want to do business with me or you can't do business with me or if the insurance companies are go not going to work with me, a simple email would suffice. Just, just don't ghost me. I mean, you know, people talk about getting ghosted in their personal lives. This is, this is business ghosting, which I, which I find absolutely. That's the. You know who are bad ghosters, by the way. Not to interrupt you on this. Go right rampage. Ahead. All right. Coaches. Coaches. College coaches, professional coaches. They're, they're ghosters. They Even are. ones that you're so-called friendly with. You ever notice? Uh, they have, they have, they haven't ghosted me. They maybe, go, but maybe they ghost it's just you. my business. <laughs> maybe maybe it's I don't just know. You? Maybe. I don't know. It's interesting though. Here's another thing. This is a little bit more lighthearted. Have you ever noticed that you make an appointment or a dinner reservation and you get like a million communications like, are you really going to show up? Mm -hmm. Have you had that experience? And then you show up and they make you wait anyway? Exactly. Yeah, so, that's so, the greatest. That's so so I, I've been dealing with, with a, a bad back for a couple of weeks now and for a variety of reasons that I'm not going to go into because there'd be even more grievances and I don't want this to be a grievance-heavy show. Um <laughs> we've already passed that. We've we, we passed Point that. Of demarcation. Yeah, 25, 25 minutes in, and it's all been grievances. Um, so, so I'm gonna I get an MRI and you know make the appointment. And I have had one robocall, one live call, two text messages, and an email Jeez. asking me to confirm. So, like, do I have to confirm via uh, via text, phone call, and online? Do I have to confirm three times? And then, of course, you're saying, you know, fill out the, the, the pre, how does it say, pre-departure, uh, you know, the, the pre-procedure paperwork. I'd almost rather your back just hurt than fuck, I mean, mess with that. Sorry. Well, was, sorry. Yeah. It will, well, yeah. I didn't say it. No, you did, you did not say it. You did not say it. But you thought it, which is. Which it's so, Saturday. I'm not in school which, mode. Which, which, is, which is almost as good. But I mean, how many times do I have to confirm to you that I am going to show up? Now, look, I understand. In the, in the spirit of nuance and trying to understand their point of view, maybe a lot of people just, I was just, say, just, just don't show up. I mean, this is indicative of society now. You notice you'll have an event or something and you'll do an RSVP. People don't RSVP. Whether they come or not, they don't let you know. Right. You never know how many people are going to show up to an event. I hate that when this that happens. A, yeah. My Gatsby-like parties here. So, so, listener, there is a definite correlation between <laughs> Pete's back pain and... Uh, airing of grievance totally on this episode. So. More, more back pain, more grievances. <laughs> well, the, be, because we haven't been grievance heavy enough, um, this is this time of season, basketball season. You will be doing your mindfulness guru stuff with college basketball teams. I'll I be like, traveling with you, the Grizzlies. Guru. There you go, guru. Uh, so, yeah, so now we're going to start talking about adventures in air travel. This is an entirely new category that I'm sure is going to uh, resonate with a lot of people, particularly those of you who travel the the friendly or unfriendly skies, as the case may be. You have you have anything to? No, do? I haven't. Been Not a, yet. It's been a couple of weeks, and I'll start hitting it pretty heavily starting the end of this month. And uh, I guess that's about two weeks. So I'll have a lot of stories uh, end of October through March. So every time we come on, I'll have some good ones. Okay. I know you've got. You tell me at lunch. <laughs> so. Uh, so we broadcast the game in Atlanta, and the, the team was going on to Miami where they're playing this weekend. And because we were not going to televise in Miami, we weren't going to stay on the road. Although a couple of days off in Miami doesn't really sound like a bad idea, but uh, we just would have been hanging out. So those of us on the television broadcast crew, we flew back commercially. Some people flew 
to start a little vacation. I came back to Memphis. And Delta Flight, well-operated. I will give props to Delta and the gate agent in Atlanta. He was so incredibly detailed with everything that, you know how they will tell you, hey, if you've got a bag and you don't want to use the overhead bin, we're happy to check it to you for free or check it for you for free. And he said, we need 18 bags to be checked. We only have 11 checked. I don't know where they came up with that number, but... I mean, it was there was no connection. It was Atlanta direct to, to Memphis. I had a roll aboard. It's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I got a bad back. I don't want to have to throw it in the overhead bin. So I, I went ahead and checked it. But, I mean, he had this down to like a science. And when you, when, when you put your mobile boarding pass, don't put your phone on the glass. Hold it above the glass. I mean, he, he was amazing. I, I love someone that's good at their job. Oh, and yeah. Take pride. Yeah. And, I mean, it was, it was more detailed than I ever had gotten before. I don't know if this is going to be standard with Delta now or if this guy was just like – way too, way too into his job. But you know what? I salute you, sir. I don't know your name, but you were fantastic. Delta is good, though. I, they I are hope very my good. wife is not listening because she's a frequent Delta flyer and like a stubborn mule, I've stayed with American for years. And now I have velvet handcuffs because I have a million miles or whatever. Mm -hmm. Delta is much better. Yeah, they are, they are. They are. And I have status on American. American just goes more places. Look, if I want to get to Chicago in a hurry, I can go on American. I can't go on Delta. But you're right. Delta does a phenomenal job. Uh, and so so kudos to them. Passengers, on the other hand, and look, it was, it was an 8.45 a.m. flight. But, man, the guy that was snoring in the row across from me, I mean, it was, it was elite-level snoring. Elite-level. I mean, you could hear him all over the cabin. And then there's little, the little kid behind me. And, you know, kids are going to be kids. They're, they're going to do what they're going to do. But if you're a parent, could you at least exercise maybe a little discipline? This little girl was like, she became enamored with the sound that the seatbelt makes. Like, oh. click, 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 oh, click, 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 click. The woman, so I'm in an aisle seat. The middle seat's empty. There's a woman in, in, in the window seat. And she was not going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> so she turns around. Good for her. Turns around like to the little girl and is like, you know you need to keep your seatbelt buckled. If you don't keep your seatbelt buckled, you could be hurt. And so finally the, the, the click-clack finally, finally stopped. I'm at a point in my life, or maybe it's my age. I don't know if you feel this way. I'm comfortable turning around to people and saying, you know you're kicking my seat. That you know, yeah. That I, it's I taken was, me a while to get there. I was, I was, on, I was on the verge. I was on the verge. But you know, the other thing too is now you're in a, in a place where we talked about society. It's like you don't know who you're talking. It's a good to. point. It's a good point. Because there was there was a story about, and I forget it was a celebrity. A little girl kept kicking the seat in front of her, and the guy turns around and it's Muhammad Ali. <laughs> so that oh, how about the the Mike Tyson video? Was it a year or two? Maybe a little longer went viral. The guy kept bugging him on the airplane, mm -hmm. kept tapping him and talking smack to him, and Mike just turned around and wailed on his head. Do you remember that one? I, yeah. Now that you bring it up, yes, I, yes, I do. Yes, the I guy. Do. I mean, and the guy's videoing it, so of course he probably wants it to go viral. But good for Mike. Yeah. We yeah. don't condone violence, but <laughs> no, like, but everyone. But there are consequences to actions sometimes. Yes, every once in a while, 
Yeah. Everybody has a plan to get punched in the mouth, particularly on an airplane. Great quote. All right. Um, doggone it. Enough grievances, enough crabbing about this, that, and the other stuff. Give us a, give us a mindful moment because Lord knows we need it. Oh, we need it. I should have given you one earlier <laughs> right when you walked in at, at the Emporium. Need, needed, 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 needed a pain pill for my back. So it's interesting. Talking about aches and pains, you know, I used to be a runner. And I ran marathons, ultra marathons. I did really stupid stuff like running up mountains. I did a three-year run streak where I ran at least a minimum of a mile every day without missing a day. Uh, often it was probably three or four miles. Even if I had like a few beers, I'd have to go out late and stumble my mile mm -hmm. to get it done. So I've always really, ever since I was a kid, I've been into running. Um can't haven't been able to do it for like three or four years because of my knees. I have osteoarthritis in my knees. Probably all the running that I did probably soccer up the mountains didn't help. Um, but what I have found is, you know, I, I used to think I just miss sort of the the action or the motion or the feeling from the physical aspect of running. But a lot of it was uh, interacting and socializing and being immersed in the running community. So I was thinking about this. I was talking about this a little bit earlier in my weekly mindfulness class at Church Health at the concourse in Midtown. We're really made to be in tribes. We're social animals. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why I love watching Arsenal with you and other friends at the brass door and doing things like that. Not only are, sort of, are we, I feel like, our brains, our minds, our hearts... Our bodies are hardwired for group and, and social interaction, even if you're an introvert like us. Um, but it's also, you know, there's that saying, your tribe is your vibe. It's a nice sort of buffer from stress sometimes just to get together with a group of people who you have things in common with or really things where you don't have in common with um, and socialize. So... You know, Thich Nhat Hanh, the famous Vietnamese Vin master, talked about the concept of interbeing, mm -hmm. how we're all connected. And it's so true. Uh, I think we're a lot happier to some degree when we have sort of these support and social networks. Even, you know, it's better if we can have face-to-face -face interactions in these group dynamics, but... Uh, FaceTime and Zoom can suffice as well if we're not always able to do that physically for someone like you or me who travels. Um, it's something worth thinking about. And the Surgeon General a few years ago, I forget his name, talked about, saw him interviewed on a podcast, how loneliness is a real epidemic this day and age in our society. It, it is a real epidemic in our society. And if you believe the research, isolation and loneliness will shorten your lifespan. And, you know, marriage, committed relationship, not for everybody, but you do need to participate in society, even if it's something as simple as, okay, so like tomorrow, I'm going to go to the Memphis Symphony concert. I'm not going with anyone. I'm going yeah. by myself, but yeah. I'm in an auditorium with people. That's great. With, 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 with that shared experience. And you know, I love that now, by the way, not to interrupt, but like it was something else I was self-conscious about when I was younger, mm -hmm. like eating alone mm -hmm. or being in a group and not affiliated with people. But now I love doing that, like going to events. Even if you're kind of by yourself, you still get that 
positive sensation of being with a group of people that have a similar interest or mm-hmm. affinity or passion. Right, right. It, it is, and, and, and I've done better with that. And I think, you know, just traveling on the road with the Grizzlies, a lot of times we will go out as a group, but then there are some times where you want to go to a restaurant where nobody else wants to go or you want to try something. And I've become much better. And, and, and my, my cousin would tell me, who traveled a lot for Boeing when he was, when he was with them, he, he would say, go sit at the bar. Yeah, at least you'll talk to the bartender. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, and you'll meet be cool people. And you'll right. meet cool people there. And and for guys like us, we're both introverts. Right, right. And so the, the introvert part doesn't mean that I like being alone all the time. It, it means that I need to recharge by myself sometimes. Well, and, and, I need downtime where it's right. just me. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be comfortable being by yourself. Because if you're uncomfortable being by yourself, that's, that's not a good thing either. And... You know, I've, I've kind of gotten past the stigma of walking up to the hostess stand and they said, uh, how many? And I was like, it's just me. Yeah. And every once in a while you get kind of a strange look. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm by myself. I want to have dinner. Is there something? Is there, there are something? times I prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, I, don't, I don't mind it. Yeah. Now, there, there, are, there are some times where like you go to, um, so like I went to, it wasn't Art on Fire, it was one of the, uh, one of the other events at the Dixon. Where I went by myself. Now everybody is in couples or groups. That can be yeah. that can be a little. So I was worried about you because Arsenal beat Man City. I was not going to fail to bring this up. Right. So we were all at the brass door. Right. We never beat Man City. Arguably the best club team in the world. Um, thought you were alone. Then I saw on Facebook you're posting pictures of you're making cream brulee with a special yes. friend. Yes. So I was happy for you. Yes, you know, yes. So. And that, that that that's good. But people did ask me where you were. They did. And I showed wow. them a pic. I sh- they did they love you there. They love you. And not just because you're, you know, they know who you are because of what you do. They were like, "Where's Pete?" And I think it was Kate said, "Are we going to not see him for a while cuz it's grizzly season?" And she looked really sad. So I showed her the picture <laughs> of Facebook of your cream brulee and I said, He's doing this right now. She, oh, good. she felt better. <laughs> she felt better. That yeah. I just had like totally gone off the grid. Yeah, it, it it is it is good to have these to have these little little communities. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a special guest here last weekend. We were celebrating a birthday, and so uh, did a lot of cooking. Creme brulee, by the way, you got to be really really special for me to make creme brulee because it, it is it is it is a challenge because you're like how was the torch. Oh, the torch was great. I love. You know what? I love Amazon.com. You can get anything through Amazon's Amazon. the best. It, 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 I hate that it's taking sort of the place of like physical brick and mortar stores. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. But to have something delivered directly to your porch the next day, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's amazing. And yeah, anything that you could possibly want. Like I I have a lot of photographs, and some of them are odd sizes, and you can get frames in, in virtually any size on on Amazon.com. But yes, that's why I was not at at the the Manchester City match. I was making creme brulee and. Um, lasagna, which it, I felt really proud of myself because I didn't have a lasagna recipe that I like from top to bottom, so I made my own. And it was, it was dare I say, it was the best lasagna I've ever made. Wow. I just kind of kind of made it up as I, as I went along. And uh, Plus, you had a grizzly game that night, so it probably wouldn't have been too conducive to go to the brass door, right, and have... We had... Well, wait, was that Sunday morning? Yeah. We had, um, we had open practice... Maybe that's what we had open practice Saturday. Okay. And then, yeah, we did have the game on Sunday as well. Yeah, we had open practice on Saturday, game on Sunday. 
and I had to take my guest to the airport on Sunday afternoon. So there was just, just way too much going on. So, uh, yeah. But, but to your point, to wrap up the, the mindfulness portion, being in some type of group, some people find it in exercise, you know, with CrossFit or Iron Tribe or Rumble Boxing uh, in Midtown. I mean, every, you got to find your own community. And sometimes it may take a while, but uh, it is important. And when people ask me, it's like, so do you love the off-season? And my answer is mixed because there are some good parts of the off-season, which I can travel a lot, greater freedom to do whatever I want or just sleep in all the time if I really want to be a slug. But the hard part is we are in such a tightly knit organization from October to May and hopefully later where it's, I'm with Brevin, I'm with Fish, I'm with Scott, our producer, Tom, our director, Brian Wright, our graphics guy, uh, Joa, our new replay operator, and with the PR staff, and the coaches and everything. You really do have a family for that time of the season. Then all of a sudden you lose the last game of, of the playoffs and you're by yourself. Yeah. You know. It's Scott, like coaching. When I used to coach college and high school and club soccer, I – there were seasons you couldn't wait for the season to be over. Not that you didn't love your team right, or just whatever. You just get tired, and then the season's over. It's like, wow, what am I going to do now? What am this I going to do gonna... now? Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting. So, you know, we talked about Blue Zones, the book uh, and the docuseries. I think that was on Netflix as well, about these areas around the world where people live the longest. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in uh, Okinawa, Japan, they have what's called – Moas, and basically these older people that are centurions are living longer. And one of the reasons they attribute it to because they have these social support groups. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. I mean, whether you're just talking about your problems or having a beer or, or whatever it is, whatever your shared experience is, I think it, it, it is really important. And I know that I've had to learn the importance of that because I was the only son. I have a sister who's five years younger than me, lived out in the country. So I, 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 by, I was forced to be comfortable being by myself and then kind of extending yourself where you can be more social with other people. But it is, it is really important for people to, to get out, but to do it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't go out just because somebody says you need to go out. Sometimes other people may have the very best intentions in the world, but they don't know your psyche. They don't know who you are. But um, if you're hanging around the house all the time and you don't go out, just just go out. Go sit at the bar at Bog and Barley, <laughs> or, and you don't and you don't have to drink an alcoholic beverage to sit at the have bar. A diet they, Coke and a Scotch egg. They'll, yeah, they'll serve you dinner there, and and you know you'll you'll meet the bartender and not diet Coke up. that has aspartame. That's a cancer causing agent uh, maybe a regular coke oh, thanks for raining on my parade yeah. Yeah. sorry about that okay uh so what what you got coming up here it's a good question um i think i'm going to be at, uh, wednesday i'm going to old miss to work with their basketball team and then the following week i'll be giving a keynote uh, in new orleans for the mid-south sign association okay i had two fedex gigs the past week one for their marketing department, one for the legal department. It went really well. Thank goodness. Great people. Thanks for having me. So how about you? Uh, Right now, like I said, this week is going to be relatively quiet. MRI on Sunday. Hopefully we'll get a diagnosis on what's going on with my back because it's it's mighty sore. Um, 
We'll drop a podcast we'll, next week. We'll, we'll, drop, we'll drop a podcast. It'll be our social interaction for the week. Um, <laughs> just This is also the week where you make a very long to-do list because once you get into the season, you realize, and even got a taste of it, like I said, did four games in, in six days, um, you have to take care of like all your paperwork, anything that needs a fair amount of thought, you want to get done now. Because once you get into the season, game – you may have a day off. If you come back from a road trip and you have a day off before another game, that day off is your day to sleep yeah. you know, yeah. or to do laundry or something like that. I would you, imagine the season becomes a blur at some point, right? It, it, it really does. It really does. And I, I used to give out pocket schedules to my friends, and it's like, look, if you want to know where I'm at here, just, just take the pocket schedule. Because so many times, like, hey, can, can you go to you know, fill-in-the-blank event? And it's like, no, I can't, um, more often than not. And you end up missing a lot of concerts at FedEx Forum. Stevie Nicks is going to be there on October 28th. We're going to be in Washington, D.C. that night. I'm really upset about that. Wanted to see Stevie Nicks. You think her voice is still good? I'm not saying it's not. I'm just... It's good enough. I guess I am insinuating it's not. But you are, insin- you are, ins- a, you are insinuating... Being, I'm gaslighting you, Mr. Yeah, Pranica. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's, but, you know, it's Stevie, Nick, Stevie Nicks. She's cool. She you is know? cool. And be cooler if Lindsey Buckingham was with her. This is true. This is true. But, uh, yes, I mean, in any event, this this week is like time to catch up with all the things that you know that once the season starts, you're just not going to get to. So a little bit of house cleaning, a little bit of paperwork, just doing all that stuff. Of all times for your back to start flaring up. It's it's it's, well, there there never is a good time. But if it's happened in the middle of the season, I would really be in trouble. Um, But hopefully, hopefully we'll get some answers. And um, so. Zip and Pippin, India Pale Ale, from our good friends at Ghost River Brewing Company, which, by the way, Ghost River, I had the opportunity last Saturday after the open practice. My good friend Merritt Koch uh, was there performing on their stage on Beale Street, and it's a it's a very cool courtyard beer garden space. Where it's on the corner right of sort of Lamar and is that what I'm thinking? It's of? it's on it's on Beale, basically out the back door of FedEx Forum. Mm-hmm. And does it sort of overlook a? It's sort of on a hill. Overlooking? No, no, I'm not, thinking of something no, else. No, it's, it's it's it it is literally on Beale Street, and when you go out the back door, you see the backside of FedEx Forum. Uh, nice, really nice little beer garden. Had a had a good time listening to uh, to Merritt perform, and Merritt will be performing around around the Mid South, and probably will be in another Tennessee Shakespeare production. Won't be point. performing uh, Memphis in May, unfortunately. No, no, you know, and that was something that I was going to put in what's happening. We may leave that for airing of grievances in the next episode. Yeah, Memphis in May, Memphis Music Festival, discontinued, paused, as they say. We'll see for how long it will be paused. And then the Barbecue Fest, moving from Tom Lee Park. That, that, that kind of ties in with the whole, can't we just all get along? I mean, you know... It's crazy. It's I don't crazy. know what it is about the banks, the West Bank, the River Bank of the Mississippi. There's something going on. I don't right? know. I don't know. All I do know, this has been Episode 9 of Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. Hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, we are available on, on Apple, Spotify, uh, pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts. Please do leave us a review, a rating, some comments. Uh, and, you know, anybody, if anybody leaves a review... I'll tell you what. Here, here's what we do. haven't had a review. We, we haven't had a have review. We had, has anyone starred us? Like, I, give us good stars? I, I, I have to go back and I have to check. Anybody leaves a review, we will we will read it next time uh, on the podcast. Just <laughs> don't dox us. No, just don't, don't do that. Don't do that. 
Uh, Live a Little is Crazy Little Podcast about everything and nothing with Greg Graber and Pete Pranica. Comes to you direct from the World Galactic Headquarters of Pranica Media in East Memphis. We don't have a producer. We don't have an engineer. We don't have an editor. I do it all myself. And we hope that you enjoyed today's episode of Live a Little. Back with you before you know it with another glass of beer. Greg Graber, good to be with you, sir. Adios, muchachos.